Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. We don't have a book. All right, so here's the thing. <laughs> we Olivia's. need to change that <laughs> intro. <laughs> we do We do read books. We do review books. Um, this week's my fault. I can blame it on a lot of stuff. I've got um, prepping to go to L.A. for AWP, whatever. Didn't have enough time to finish actually reading the book at all. I don't think I actually started it yet, so... Uh, uh, we don't have a book review like we promised for this episode, but we do have some actual topics that are book-related to talk about, unlike our last interlude, which was basically just chatting about anything, right? <laughs> basically links you found on the internet to haunted <laughs> places like they can rape clowns, which, by the way, I listened to that episode this morning. Um, not not out of vanity, because I was actually trying, we'll talk a little later about what I was trying to do, and... um. God damn, that's some funny shit. Sorry. I, and, you know, I know the topic of rape is not funny. But when it's a clown. Now, I was thinking rape clown could go either way. <laughs> but when it's a clown. Yeah. But think about this. Rape clown really could go either way. That doesn't necessarily mean the clown has to be doing the raping. Right. It could be the clown. Yeah. In that conversation, it sounded like you thought we were going to rape a clown. Which, yeah, which is uh, ultimately far more entertaining sounding than the other way around. <laughs> I mean, and more tragic. I think there's just like a, I mean, maybe not more tragic. That's I don't want to minimize anybody's uh, actual sexual. Abuse. All right, never mind. We're just gonna cut that part out. Whatever clowns are listening to this podcast, and I don't mean the regular clowns are listening. I mean like the full makeup clowns. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's we just lost them. So uh. <laughs> nobody should. Get, let's put this. Let's get on the record. Nobody should ever be raped. Correct. But. You thought I was going to say something after that. Yeah, right? you thought I, I was, was going to qualify yeah, yeah. it? No, absolutely not. Right. So, great way unless to. It's, unless it's one of those fantasy things and that's really what you want. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know some people like that. So, yeah, yeah, I'm Good sure you So, um, anyway, um, first and foremost, since we're not bringing you a book review, we're not doing you that service this week, I do believe that we might be providing a little service um, for you. Um, Amazon Kindle had an update this week, which we usually don't mention. I think we actually talked about an Amazon Kindle update like two years ago. I got one that actually kind of was a little bit of a game changer in some of the things it did. This time, this shit is important, man. Yeah, um, I get this email. I was going to try. I thought you were going to talk longer. I was going to bring up the actual email. All right, yeah, I can't find the email that Amazon... I probably deleted it because I basically... If it's not something that I want to see, like that I'm expecting to see or waiting for, I just delete everything. But I get an email from Amazon from the Kindle people, and it's like, you must update your Kindle software before a certain date, or you will never be able to access the internet again, basically is what it said. Am I right about that? Yes, sort of. Yes, that is what the email said, that you would... The next time you turn on your Kindle, you will be unable to access um, any content from Amazon, so anything that requires an internet connection. I'm not sure what the actual um, reason behind that is. I have to imagine like they changed servers or, or something you know, on their end, um, but there is a solution. So if you have a Kindle and you don't use it because paper books are better or whatever, but at some point you decide you need to use it because your favorite author put something out that was ebook only, there is a solution. 
um, Rob is going to post a link to um, the page in the on the web page, I guess, for this post on the actual bookpodcast.com webpage, which will take you to Kindle software update page. Um, you'll have to scroll down a little bit and select your Kindle. You'll be able to download it and then just install it onto your device. Kind of a big deal. It's like it's big enough where people are like talking about it on Facebook and stuff. Like it's kind of a big thing, right? You know what? It, it was a little bit of a big thing. Um, I think part of the problem was it, it seemed. I, I don't know when the email came. I'm sure I, I got the same email, or maybe because they know I've done my updates. My Kindle's on all the time, and it's pretty much on Wi-Fi unless my battery's running really low. So I get updates. I say regularly. It's not like having a you know like getting Windows updates. You know, maybe yeah. like once or twice a year. But um, so maybe I just didn't get an email because they knew I did it. Uh, but it seemed like that news hit late. Like I first saw it Sunday night, and Monday was like the cutoff. So the the twenty second. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tuesday was a cutoff. So the twenty second was the cutoff, or maybe that was the day you wouldn't be able to access it anymore. So it's not like you know it was being posted for weeks. It it, it seemed to come pretty pretty fast. Probably, I mean, I don't know what to say. Um, I didn't, I didn't update that. I actually looked at that and I, I thought about, well, I could go find my Kindle that I haven't, you know, touched, you know, in years, like literally years. I'm thinking probably the last, ooh, I'm trying to think of the last book that I read on there for the podcast. We're probably talking back around like The Wolf Gift, <laughs> something like that. Um, I as, can't begin to understand that well my ipad my phone no 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 i get it because I, I have tablets and I, I have a phone too and and there are times where either you know i was clumsy and, and forgot to bring my kindle or whatever and recently was it the brian evanson book for some reason i wound up reading half of that on my phone yeah um it's so much nicer of a reading experience the kindle or your phone the kindle i just don't mind i don't, I, I have no problem with um, I, here's the thing. I, I'm not a big fan of the, the Kindle's nice because it weighs about, you know, the same as about three pieces of paper and the screen's really easy to look at and stuff, but mine's not backlit because I've got like the, the one that still had the keyboard on the bottom, the third generation one. Yeah. You know, I guess I see what so, you're saying. I mean, I didn't, I loved my Kindle keyboard, um, the one that was yeah. stolen, but the, um, <laughs> someone yeah, else that, did too. <laughs> yeah, the, the paper white um, is nice. I will say that I find myself putting less notes in using the touch interface on the. I, I did more with the keyboard because the keyboard uh-huh. was actually really responsive and and, and pretty good. Um, but in, in the trade off, you're right. I, I probably would have, um, if given the choice, I would definitely stay with the paper white. They have a they have a new one that's like two hundred bucks or something, and, and it's got like a, a much crisper display, like a higher resolution display. I'm not, I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger on that, but if anything were to happen to my, um, if anything were to happen to my paper white, I, I would not be as sad knowing that I would upgrade it with whatever that, that newest. Yeah. Um, one is. Yeah. See, it was expensive though. Like the Odyssey or something. Uh, that's the thing I don't get now. I mean, like, I guess it's just cause I have an iPad. I can't see myself having something else just for reading books on. It just seems, you know, it seems counter. It just doesn't seem like something I'd want to do. Like, I know I can read books from the Kindle store, iBooks, everything right on my iPad. So I'm just doing it all right there. The Kindle Voyage, one ninety nine ninety nine. <sighs> See, man, I don't know. That's just that's a lot of money. It's really pretty. 
So what Livius is saying is that um, if you – any listeners out there who want to get Livius something for his, an early birthday present or a late one, I guess there's more guilt if it's a late birthday present, right? Yeah, and listen, you guys – I don't want one person to buy this. You guys could throw in together for it. Yeah, yeah, get together. Book podcast, book podcast listening group, everybody can kind of chip in or something like that. Oh, I, I've got it because this is the kind of guy I am. I'm going to wait a month that I'm going to place a Craigslist ad for the greater Chicagoland area. It says, got a Kindle that stopped connecting to Amazon? I'll buy it off of you for $25. <laughs> then I will do the update oh. and resell them for $50, which is a great price for a working Kindle. And then I just got to do eight of those, I think, if my math is right, and I can buy a Kindle Voyage. Let's do that. Let's... um. We're going to take an ad out in Craigslist? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll take out additional ads in Craigslist is what I mean. Oh. <laughs> hey, all right, so this may or may not be related, or I didn't even really read up on this, but um, uh, yeah, what's this thing about uh, Barnes & Noble not selling Nooks anymore or something like that? Well, the Nook is completely dead, I think. I think the Nook is no longer. I mean, you know, the ones that exist aren't didn't stop functioning, I don't think, but I think there's no longer any support. So here I got an article from just random website that says Barnes & Noble to stop selling Nook apps, which doesn't make sense, but it's from March 4th. Barnes & Noble is shutting down its Nook video and UK Nook stores. These changes will be effective March 15th, and Barnes & Noble assured users that apps already purchased from the store will be still downloadable onto Nook devices. So, yeah, they were talking about the, the Nook tablet because yeah. the e-reader, I think, has actually been discontinued for a while. But they were talking about the Android, the Android yeah, yeah Nook, Nook tablet. Um, I mean, God, I, I don't, I can't even imagine how much money they lost uh, on all the Nook stuff. It, it's got to be staggering. Yeah, yeah. I, but well, I mean, it's the thing that kept them afloat when Borders went under. That was the only differentiating factor was that they had their own uh, e-reader that they could uh, make money off of. I know exactly one person that ever read anything on a Nook, and that's Frank Edler. Yeah. <laughs> Who is just creating more and more podcasts every day. Yeah, yeah. He's got that, uh, oh, God. I, can't, I don't even know how to say it. Um, is it Bizong? Is that Bizong? <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> I think it's Bizong, like Bizarre. Plus bong or something. I don't know what the ong part is. Or song. Yeah. Like it's a bizarre song. Bizarro song. Well, it's the Bizarre and Weird Fiction podcast. So I'm going to go with, yeah, Bizong. Um, and uh, already, already, you know, nine episodes deep. This guy's, this guy's, listen, here's the whole thing. He's doing a podcast without the other guy. And he's yeah. able to do one a week. Yeah, it's that other guy that's really dragging him down because, like, books, beer, and bullshit's been around for not much less time than us, like a year different, right? Yep, probably about that. And they've got like thirteen episodes, fourteen, <laughs> forty. But yeah, listen, you want to know what else he does? They come out exactly every seven days. We can do that from time to time. We've been sometimes. Able to do that. Sometimes they land on seven days. Um, but yeah, I, I'll be honest, I have not had a chance to listen. And by chance, I mean, I, I haven't been listening to many podcasts. Um, I listened a little bit to Night Vale over the last two weeks. And um, I listened to a couple of our episodes today. And 
Um, that's pretty much been it. But uh, it is on my list of things to do. I listened to a little bit of the first episode when it first posted because I was like, oh, man, Edler's doing another thing. I want to check it out. And he's got the exact same voice. I mean, I know he has the same voice. because You know what I'm saying? But he has that same <laughs> kind of like personality okay. uh, that he does on the book and bullshit. Well, thank God. Like, burr, that's, burr, that's, burr. Yeah. <laughs> I could love that about him. He's got the same voice. Listen, I wasn't sure it was Frank because he's talking with a really thick German accent. Uh, thanks. Yeah, that's yeah. you. You know what I mean, asshole. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what the world doesn't have enough of? What's that? Reading, writing related podcasts. So kudos to Edler for throwing one out there. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this the other day because... Um, we're we're coming up on our milestone. We're coming up on 300 episodes, right? Five and years, motherfucker. In 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 a week. And I'm thinking, uh, with the, a lot of podcasts have come and gone, and some have tried to come back, and to you know, mixed you know success and everything. And I was thinking about our just how we've just kind of always been around. And I was thinking about how a lot of here's all right. So here's where I'm going with this. I'm fucking tired of hearing writers talking about writing. <laughs> and I think where we stand differently, we stand apart from everything is we're readers mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about reading. Yep. So we've kind of secured this very, um, uh, we've kind of secured that whole area around. We're a reader talking about reading. We're not writers talking about reading or writing or whatever. So. It's true. I, I still enjoy talking to them, and but even if, if if listeners have noticed, there have been fewer interviews, and that's not that's not necessarily for a lack of um, interest on the part of. Let's face it, authors are all about self promotion. We still get tons of contact requests yeah. for you know, uh, hey, interview this guy, or hey, do you guys interested? And and we still do them, and we promise we will still do interviews. But I think they've been um, fewer and farther between. Um, partially because at a point when you look at them as a group, they start to sound similar. Um, some of that's on us for for not being more creative interviewers, I think. Would you agree? Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but some of it is, you know, it's it's the craft is the craft is the craft, and it's it's gonna take um, it's gonna take something pretty goddamn special for someone to break out of that. So we can talk to someone about their stories, but if we talk about the craft of writing. I don't think we're going to get a lot of interesting new viewpoints. That's that's exactly my that's what I was thinking too. Um, I, it, there's only so many times you can hear someone talk about how difficult it is to be a writer or what their writing routine is or any of that bullshit before you you, under, you understand it all. It's like I get it. You're a writer. Um, what's really what really makes it our interviews good is the other stuff it's like what inspired this um like what you know what makes you as a person interesting not like how did you what was your process to get to publication like fucking you heard that once you heard it a million times it's what what else is interesting about this person or something like that like we were talking about uh when we talked to josh mallerman or brian evanson and those people and like in addition to being a writer Mallerman has a band, a very successful band, and Evanson does other interesting things like uh, translations and stuff like that. So it's kind of stepping away from like, hey, you wrote a book, tell us how you did that, to how are you interesting as like a human being? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I watched the the 
I'm going to say recent because I don't know when this is going to go up, but the recent Jimmy Kimmel episode where um, Bernie Sanders was on. Yeah. And the first part of it was was kind of ridiculously boring because although I, I really like Bernie Sanders, you can only hear, you know, the 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 income inequality is growing, you know, and the middle class is disappearing so many times. Then Kimmel was kind of like, so what are you into? You know, and that yeah. was some of the best part of the interview was hearing him say something that you haven't heard him say it you know, 30 different rally clips that you've watched on YouTube or, or anything like that. So I, I guess we need to be the Jimmy Kimmel of, uh, of, of, uh, of author I, interviews. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we have to do. I tell you, like, it's way more entertaining to hear David James Keaton talking about wanting to choke his neighbor's dog to death than it is about, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so look forward to that. I, I'm going to try and rekindle that spirit of, of finding the uniqueness of authors in LA. I'm going to be recording lots and lots of audio. See if I can kind of strike any gold there. No promises, but I'm going to try and get something. Well, listen, while you're rekindling, make sure you do it in a timely fashion. So we don't have to download software and do it afterwards. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. All right. Next up on the hot list of topics is, um, so we're going to revisit a little bit of something that we talked about three episodes ago. Um, if memory serves correctly, we talked a little bit about this contest <laughs> yeah. that Masterclass was holding with uh, with James Patterson. And uh, I will give you a brief refresher of what we what we talked about, um, other than the fact that you could learn how to play tennis in like four short video sessions from what's her name? Serena Williams. Is that it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, or that you could learn how to be a performer from Usher by taking some online courses. Um, Patterson. <laughs> James Patterson and Masterclass were offering a book deal to one of the Masterclass students. They were it was eligible for anybody who was in the Masterclass to submit their book and then could be a co-author with James Patterson. Um, so fast forward a couple weeks or whatever it was, and uh, here we we find out that um, a booked alum Rob Hart, maybe not through the Masterclass, but will be co-authoring a book with james patterson yeah and um we're not the type to backpedal <laughs> so all that shit we put on james patterson i think is going to stay there i will say that learning that rob hart is going to co-author something with patterson uh the first thought i had was and this is i actually sent rob after he uh when he uh after i saw the announcement on facebook i sent him a message that said um can't wait to read the best james patterson book that's ever been written because that's pretty much what I'm expecting now. Oh yeah, absolutely good for good for Rob. You know, we talked during that episode before the, how we would both be willing to do exactly that given the Fuck option, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, listen, no no hard feelings on on our end about you doing this. Um, no, it's fantastic for him. But um, more interestingly than you know, we know somebody who's going to co-author a James Patterson book is that it's under a completely new imprint i guess a new line would probably be the right way to say it yeah so patterson's hmm? patterson the king of um gaming the publishing system is trying to create a new way for people to read books yeah and um rob has a different article pulled up than me because he was kind of reading some stuff from it while we were prepping for for the podcast and yeah they but people need an alternative way to read books so these books will be published <laughs> Much like the Chinese, where you start at the back and work your way. I don't know. 
they're going to be novellas. And although through like four different articles that I read on this, I don't think the word novella came up at all. They, they're short books. Um, but all these books are going to be about 150 pages. Yep. They're going to be priced at five bucks um, and three to four per month. Now, I almost want to make that a regular segment for us. And I know that would be challenging. You know what I'm saying? Like to get through 150 pages a week plus our regular reading. But I almost, you know what I'm saying? For, to, oh, to, my God. I, I was like, maybe you want to do like one a month. You're talking one every week? Like every single one of them. That would be amazing. Oh, here's what we do. We get someone to do it and make it a part of our podcast. Like we get someone to read each one and do it as a segment. Yeah. Oh, but oh, oh. okay. Any volunteers for that? We're, we're willing to talk to you. <laughs> a weekly uh, Patterson watch. Oh, you know what? This article in the New York Times actually says the length of a novella. Yes, a weekly a weekly bookshot. Bookshot. That's, that's what um, that's what uh, this uh, line is being called. And Rob made an interesting observation. Where have we heard bookshop before? For, I'm gonna I'm gonna verify this because I don't want to uh, speak out of school here, but that is what the Lit Reactor website calls their book reviews. I thought. So, I'm thinking if that's true, if that's true, it sounds like the fix may have been in that this right may have been Rob Hart. Books. Yeah, yeah. Lit Reactor, Rob Hart. James Patterson, I'm seeing some connections here. I am too. So I guess I have a couple of things to say about this while, while you're checking. Again, congratulations, Rob Hart. My condolences to all the rest of the writers who either didn't know this was a thing or didn't think to submit or didn't whatever, because you know they're all kicking themselves in the ass hardcore right now. Yep. Um, the thing is, is you know, if, if Rob already has a deal... That that probably means that book is planned, and it would probably be some catastrophic failure would have to happen for them not to get to it. But you, you know what I'm saying. So let's say they go five months with this and find out it's no good. I'm sure the contracts they've signed, those books are going to come out already. Yeah. So I don't know if it's too late for the rest of you, but uh, masterclass.com, learn to play some <laughs> tennis. I don't know what's like. Uh, I I do know from talking with Rob, and I'm going to assume that I can't give away most of the information he told me. I know that it's written. His book is already written. Um, and from what it sounds like, I was expecting there to be some massive uh, restrictions. He's making it sound like it was actually a pretty uh, nice process to go through. So that's as much as I'm going to say, and I probably said more than he would like me to. But um, it sounds like it was a good experience for him, and I know that the actual book is done. So Let's cool. go ahead and renege on some things we said, oh, I don't know, eight minutes ago. So maybe we are willing to talk to somebody about the process of writing. Uh, it was a, it was a <laughs> fucking conversation, man. No, no, I'm saying let's have him on and talk to him about it. If, if he oh. can talk about it, it might be interesting to see. You know, thought... We're just saying that <laughs> it's not something we we're going to do, but maybe. I... Well, now, so, you know, this is unique because, like, especially because of we've we've always had such an adversarial approach to James Patterson in general, and rightfully so. Um, it would be interesting to kind of peek behind that curtain, whether it would just be, like, in conversation with Rob or in, on the podcast. So James Patterson to date is credited with writing um, 156 books. He's published 156 books. 
Now, if this goes the way they want it to, they're saying maybe three to four per month, it's another almost 50 books a year. So if he actually gets author credit for all of these, I have to imagine that in a few years, James Patterson, I don't know what the record is at this point, um, but I have to imagine the 156 has got to be pretty close, if not already a record, but he may wind up setting some kind of Guinness Book, untouchable Guinness Book world record for you know 700 books or something. He just found out how much Stephen Graham Jones was writing, and he felt jealous. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually, <laughs> this is probably the most uh, I've anticipated a James Patterson release ever. I'm very, I'm very excited to see how much Rob Hart shines through. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, this is gonna be great. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, it's cool, and and I don't know. I mean. Listen, and you know, I've said it and I have defended, I've defended some terrible things on this podcast and I'm not talking about racism <laughs> or sexism or, or raping Clown clowns. Rape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he, I hope he's right. I hope that they can reach out to more people and get him to read through, through this medium. I honestly hope nothing but success for this program. Um, as long as it's not dumbing down actual readers and I'm saying not taking people who normally would read 400 page books and, and them going, oh, shit, I'm just going to read 150 page books now because they're cheap and they're everywhere. Um, but, you know, and if it increases uh, the the literacy and reading or, or the desire to read in, um, you know, in American people, I am 100 percent for it. And I will shit on a James Patterson book day and night. Um, that zoo book that we read was terrible. It was garbage. It was practically unreadable. However, Patterson's very upfront about his process. Like he, we, we talked about that interview, that, uh, video that we watched mm -hmm. where he was basically like, yeah, this is how it goes. So it's not like he's, you know, two faced about it or anything. He owns his process and I got to give respect for that. So, yep. and he does what he wants to. <laughs> He still, you know, puts out some really, really shitty books, but that's his choice, man. That's his, that's his process. That's his. Well, let's, life. let's, let's, let's slow it down. That's his business. And when, when you really look at it and you take the art out of um, creating fiction as a business yeah. model, it's brilliant. And you know what? Both of us work for businesses that make decisions that are in the best interest of that business. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And that's, yeah. that's really how it goes. So as a businessman, it's goddamn genius. Yeah. I mean. I would, if I saw James Patterson, there would be two things happening, a slap and a high five. The slap would be for the books he pushes and puts out. The high five would be for the way he fucking does it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So um, while we're in that same vein, um, there is another book imprint um, that is new and forthcoming, um, which I'm really excited about for, for a couple of reasons. Michael Mann of uh, movie directing creating writing fame um i guess right that's that's his that's his thing that's what he does and eloquently stated he um he's got an imprint coming out which is interesting um for a number of reasons you know which one i'm i'm most I find most interesting and what i'm most excited about um it probably doesn't have to do with the movie heat because you don't watch movies I fucking love the movie Heat. Oh, seriously? Where's David yes. James Keaton? Let's fucking... Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love the movie Heat. And although, um, you know, that's the first thing that was talked about when the news broke, whatever, a week ago. I think it was like the day after we recorded the, our last episode, or we would have talked about it ad nauseum then. 
Um, that was the first thing they talked about is that he's already kind of worked on a sequel or a prequel to Heat. Um, but that's not going to be the first book. It looks like the first book has been announced. Yeah, I'm going to pretend that I actually read this article and um, uh, give you some info. So he's teaming up with Don Winslow, the best-selling author of The Cartel. Uh, and he's writing a book about uh, a couple of organized crime guys from Chicago, right? Tony Accardo and... I'm going to get this name wrong, Sam. Giancana? Gian- Giancana. Very good. Giancana, yep. Yeah, yeah. Chicago. Actually, I went to high school with a girl who was uh, who was related to Tony Accardo. I guess I take Ooh. that back. I think maybe it was her boyfriend was like a nephew or something. That was one of those. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you about all the mob people I knew growing up then. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. You, you, have, you may have some in your family. <laughs> uh, well... Yeah, actually, well, I guess technically I could say yeah to that. <laughs> let's not let's not discuss any names. Um, you know, and I'm most upset about that announcement, though. So it's cool that they're doing that. I'm really upset that they had to talk about how he's the best-selling author of Cartel and failed to man to mention Savages, which was such a great book. I never got to that. That was the like when oh. the that got adapted into a movie like just a few years ago, right? It did. Yes. I never got to. Uh... I never got to read that, and then everybody was going crazy for Don Winslow, and I was like, "Well, I missed that boat." Mm-hmm. So that that book is worth reading. Um, and and if you like that, there's a prequel called Kings of Cool. Um, it, it's worth reading more for its structure. Yeah, for like the story's good, and the characters are super likable, but it, it's written in a in a very cool way that I don't imagine carries over into any of his other books because it was very kind of character centric. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think he he kind of blew his blew his wad with uh, with uh, with those two as far as that goes. But um, yeah, so he's working with a top notch crime writer um, and doing that, and then a prequel to Heat, which I'm telling you, we're going to review on this podcast. <laughs> You're like, or I'm announcing my new podcast. <laughs> That's right. It's um, where I review books by myself. <laughs> God, how boring would that be? And it'll, it'll definitely not be booked because I definitely have the uh, ownership of that that domain. You definitely do. Among other domains. I just keep registering domains. It's going to be a fun time for me. Um, I, I, here's All right. So here's the discussion piece that I see in this article. Um, Michael Mann is a Hollywood guy, right? It's all he's ever been. So how often do you see a Hollywood guy breaking into publishing? Um, probably not very often. Like, and but, and creating his own imprint. I mean, I could see Hollywood people writing books, like a one-off, like a book here and there. But this person's actually establishing an ongoing publishing presence, which I, I can't think of another example of that happening. No, and the, the first article that I read about it kind of um, implied... And I don't think we talked about this during the Patterson thing, but that they were going to be written and written in such a way that they could be easily adapted into films and maybe TV shows. So I think it serves a a dual purpose. I think what he's writing is um, uh, what's it called? Like a like a a spec script in novel form, but still collecting the money because a he's a big name. He's got he's got some some power behind that name. Clearly, he can he can draw top talent writers um, because of that. So, you know, yeah. I, I think it's going to be it's going to be like when Benicio del Toro co-authored The Strain and they knew they wanted to make it in the movies and then right. just being a shitty show on FX. 
But, you know, yeah. I, that was done that way specifically, and I'm imagining all the Michael Mann imprint um, books will also um, be structured that way. It's kind of interesting. So um, the other thing I'm thinking is well, the heat, heat was never a book, right? No, it wasn't, but he did write Heat, if I if I remember correctly. He actually wrote. So could we be looking at the future of uh, a Heat adaptation? If I were man, that would almost be obvious, right? Yeah. I w- oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he's thinking. I don't know, man. I've seen... Uh, so I was thinking about this the other day. Um, apparently every day, every time we talk, I've been thinking about things the other day. It's it seems like crime is a little bit of a different thing than it was a couple of years ago, right? When we've you know, um, I just feel like there's a lower presence of indie crime authors at least, and maybe that's what we're reading is different. But I feel like indie crime authors aren't as like big and in your face as they were. Even stuff like noir at the bar, while it still exists, doesn't seem like it's like an everyday presence in my life. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I could see. Yeah, I could see where you're coming from with that. I, I um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day because I was thinking about something I read on Facebook by uh, that an author had posted. I'm not going to go into what it was, but it, it was basically my thought was that I think maybe the market for that has shrunk a little bit. Yeah. Over the last, and, and I don't even know. I, I think that maybe it was even bigger before we started this podcast. So I, I don't think we really saw it in its heyday. I think maybe so I'm we kind of came in on the on the other side of the bubble. Yeah, I, I kind of think so. I mean, I feel that same way about horror. I mean, I feel like horror has been has been you know, although there's still some good horror being put out, it's just not as prevalent as it was say ten years ago. Um, you know, maybe the maybe the tides are turning. Maybe it's all going literary. Fuck, we're gonna have to read a bunch of literary books <sighs> or alt lit. Yeah, we still haven't read an alt lit book. Remember we talked at, at at length about me not knowing what Outlet was and us reviewing an Outlet book back when the yeah. back when that clown rapist was uh, <laughs> was clown raping people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then oh, I'm like, all right, I'm stepping away from this topic because I was about to just rage on something, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna step away from it. But um, yeah, we did talk about the idea of reviewing Outlet, but Outlet I think has pretty much evaporated now, right? Yeah, I haven't actually heard the term in in uh, probably around that time when we were talking about it. So maybe yeah. that's why it never happened. All the clown raping happened, and then suddenly alt lit is not the cool place it used to you know used to be. Oh yeah, I think that in general the landscape, and that's why I kind of second guess myself for a second. Is it is it the landscape of of indie publishing that's changing, or is it just that our tastes are changing and we don't look at this shit the same as we used to? I, I think that might be part of it too I, I don't know if indie publishing is changing or not I, I for a while i felt like early on like it had a direction and it was growing and it almost seems like it's kind of flailing a little bit now so yeah. I, I don't i don't know and again that could just be that the more immersed you get in something the more you see it or in some cases the less you see it i think i'm going to reiterate something and i man we're getting so almost political about books now but i do want to say something that i've been saying all along there's way too many writers as publishers in indie publishing indie publishing needs publishers as publishers like people who are actual like businessmen when it comes to creating a publishing company that have the resources and the experience to do stuff like marketing um an actual 
do the job of a publisher, not like, hey, you know what, I can edit a book while I'm not writing my own book, and then I can put it on Amazon and move on with my life. There's way too much of that going on, and I think that's very damaging to the indie publishing world. Yeah, I agree with you, but here, herein, here's where the problem comes in. So I, I'm I'm Joe Writer. I wrote a book. Uh, I'm shopping it around. I'm well into my second book. Nobody's biting. Now I've got all this work I put in, and and at some point, you know, of course, you know, fame and success is, is the ultimate end goal. But that happens for what one percent, you know, <laughs> less than one percent. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got this work, and I think at some point you just want it out there for people to read. So either you self-publish or you give it to whoever will do the, the, the work for you. And, and yes, in some cases, the work is, yeah, I go through, do some copy edits, throw it into um, whatever program I use, make it into an ebook or, or a print book. And, and, you know, here's the whole thing. Talk about two guys who have no business publishing anything. You know, we were able to publish a book with, with Pela Villa's help. So anybody can do it, right? Yep. I think that ultimately... You know, what you'd have is all these books that are written that never see the light of day. And that's got to hurt after you put your heart and soul and spent a year or two or three or who knows how long into writing something. I think at some point you just want it out there. But that being said, you know, you can't afford to be bitter if if it's not handled um, properly or, or if people just don't take to it. Yeah, there's got to be it's yeah, there's got to be one or the other either. You accept the fact that um, it doesn't meet the standards of legitimate publishers and that's that. Or when you put it out and nobody buys it, you can't fucking cry about it. Or when a legitimate publisher puts it out, you can't cry about it if it just doesn't. You know, there have been <laughs> there are books. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Little Brown and or Brown was it Brown Little? I think it's Brown Little, right? Little Brown. Little Brown. Yeah, Little Brown, who, you know, is handling Patterson's whole new line. I'm, I'm sure they've had some flops. Yeah, you know, I know that I know that there is a, I, one book comes to mind that we reviewed on this podcast. <laughs> that, that was a huge, huge flop um, that that a publishing house spent six figures on. Well, but and I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm just saying that you know they don't they don't they don't all make money. Was that them? So, no, but you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm holding it in my hand. Yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, that being said, yeah. that's, that's you know, that, that's somebody who wants back 80 of their $100,000, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> so that's kind of how it goes sometimes. It's just, all right, so if you think about everything we've talked about this episode, we've talked about being excited about seeing a James Patterson book and how cool it is that a director is starting his own book imprint, and that seems so bizarre considering where we've come from, right? Yeah. You know, we're we're coming up on the five year anniversary, and I have this burning <laughs> I have this burning desire to listen to episode one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, find it first. You have to yeah. listen to it on the website. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that's the only place you can get it anymore is on the website. Um, I'm not encouraging people to listen to episode one. I'm just feeling a little nostalgic, and I'd like to see where where we came from. <laughs> I gotta and, say, like tonally, uh, we're really the same. Um, I went back and I listened to like episode six, I think, which was, uh, I think, no, that was an interlude. It was whatever episode was the Christopher Dwyer book when October falls. Mm -hmm. And aside from just like the being shaky with transitioning from one thing to the next. And like, obviously we've been doing this for five years now, so it's easy for us to talk to each other in this format. 
it, the opinions, like the way that we talk, the jokes, it's all, it's all there. It's crazy. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> it's good to know 300 episodes later and, and we haven't changed one bit. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. All right. Moving right along. That's it. That's all we had. <laughs> so, <I don't... laughs> um, here's what's going on. So. Friday, the day after tomorrow, I'm flying out to L.A. for 12 days um, under the guise of, of going to AWP, even though... It's 12 fucking days? I thought it was 10. Well, let's Sorry, see. because it's not really relevant to our conversation. It's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, man. Let's see. I'm going to be there Friday. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I'll be there 12 days. Good Lord, man. Yeah. And... Um, Right, AWP is changing too. I think we're just outgrowing everything because every year that we go, uh, first of all, Livius isn't going, so this is an exact demonstration of what I'm saying. Fewer and fewer people are attending, and fewer and fewer things are on the list of things to do. So uh, I've got like one event on my calendar, and uh, there might be a lit reactor get together, and that's the entirety of my 12 days out there is those two those two things. So. Hopefully, uh, but I know that we'll be seeing some people, some people that I don't usually see. Um, so hopefully, A, I'll just get to relax and have a good time. And B, I'm going to try and record. I'm bringing my nice microphone out, this little microphone here. Hopefully I'll record some cool stuff. I keep saying that, so now I have to do it. <laughs> and, and that's been said prior to every AWP, and very rarely. Yeah, well, so you know what? I can't fucking be disappointed. <laughs> that's very, very true. Um I want to mention, although it's uh, it's not uh, for a few weeks yet, I am going to mention again Dash for Detection, the 5K. It's funny because it says walk slash run. I'm going to option for the walk part. Um, if you've got a couple extra bucks, I, I know I said there would be a link on the book podcast listening group. I found I had to actually set it up on um, on like the, the webpage like to have a, a thing. So that's done now. Um, I will have a post up. I will be walking 5K. And probably like another 30 feet to my car before I collapse. Um, Sunday, April 17th. Uh, if you're interested in, in donating, it would be greatly appreciated. Link to follow. So get on our social medias and uh, and click a link. Did you mention the banner I put on the website? I did not. There is also a banner. And I did see the banner. It's very pretty. There is a banner if you would like to not wait for me to do this or uh, not if you're not a member of the book podcast listening group. First of all, just click the join button and we will add you unless you're trying to sell fake Ray-Ban sunglasses. Um, <laughs> we had one the other day that I turned down. If you saw a member of like 221 groups. Yeah. So that's usually a pretty good indicator that that's not a legit person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a banner. You can click on there and it'll take you to the page where you can donate money to um, support uh, pancreatic cancer research. You know what else is going to happen when you go to the booked website? Mm -hmm. I don't think you've even seen this because I just noticed it while we were recording. If you visit the book website, now the first thing that's going to happen is this little thing is going to pop up on your screen because pop-ups are everybody's favorite thing in the world. And it's going to say, join the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. And then when, then you have to click episodes, and then it's going to ask you what kind of episode you're going to have to click, and then you're, it's going to be 10 clips. Rob and I were talking about those things, those websites with the slides. <laughs> it now has eight pop-ups, including one that tells you you might have viruses. Click here to fix. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> one of them gives you an address to send your Kindle, your outdated Kindle to. So That's right, good. yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, because I'm taking. So yeah, seriously, if you have an outdated Kindle and you don't want to update it, I will. Uh, I'll uh, <laughs> donate them to children in an underdeveloped country. Just send them our way. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. So do all that. I'm pretty Ryan McRae, the marketing intern. He didn't send us an audio clip this week, but it's because he's out of town. He's in Tennessee for some reason. Um, but he, I did put him to work even when he's out of town, he was putting up that little newsletter thing and he was doing something on another website that we're going to, we're going to be showing people soon. Fake booking, fake, vague casting. Can I tell you that I actually saw the newsletter pop up thing, but I saw it in a really weird way. Um, how did I get to it? It came up when like I, I tried to go to a different page. I was playing with the RSS feed today. I guess that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. So I did see it earlier today. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I was like, fucking pop-up on my own goddamn website. <laughs> Getting mad at yourself. <laughs> yeah. um, so here's the other thing. In the event that you are listening to us on, how do you say it, Rob? Spreaker? Spreaker. Welcome, Spreaker listener. You may notice there's only about eight episodes on there, and that's because there was some confusion, and then not just confusion, but a, a frantic clicking of deleting files and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I had a hard time getting Spreaker going. Um, episodes are currently available on Spreaker. Like I said, I think it's the last eight episodes. Um, they may continue to be available that way. Um, we'll see how that works out. But if you're a first-time listener on Spreaker, thank you. Um, I don't know that you picked the right episode to listen to first. <laughs> There's probably some good content in some of the other ones. Um, but bookpodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, there's got to be somewhere else where. Are we somewhere else? I don't remember. Uh, just hang out outside my apartment. You can hear me recording at least my half. Yeah, of... you only hear his half. Yeah, and then um, there are at least two more coming in the near future. Yeah, if it ends up being here's here's if if you're from Spreaker and you're listening, if this becomes too much of a pain in the ass, we're gonna drop you real fast. Indeed, yeah. um, we'll see if we get some listeners on Spreaker. We may make uh, more of the catalog available. Um, currently we are not, um, I was gonna say not able, but that's not really true. We're not willing to do it. So we'll see what, uh, what Spreaker brings. But again, if it's your first time listening to Spreaker, welcome. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you, uh, check out more of our stuff. Do we have anything else? We do not. Rob, I just want to say if I don't talk, if we don't talk before, um, before the, the anniversary, I just want to wish you a happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. We fucking better talk. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, don't, don't just accept that. So <laughs> we're gonna have the episode recorded before then. We're not. Uh, we're not really sure. We have some idea of what's going to appear on the next episode, but I'm going to. I'm going to set some expectations for you guys. It's probably going to be sprawling. Yeah. I may have talked Rob into having some intro music for the first time in a couple of years, <laughs> um, just because I was listening to something, something very old and something very dated. But I thought this is how I feel about five years, and this is how I feel about. 300 episodes so um and then uh some guest stuff and by guest stuff i don't think we're gonna have anybody on live or anything you know i mean like recording with us but i expect there will be some clips uh, audio clips provided um and and we have some other stuff in the works that should be pretty cool so i'm thinking like a three to four hour episode maybe i don't know we'll see holy shit <laughs> i don't know i don't know what's gonna turn into Remember we have listen we thought this episode was gonna be 40 minutes Listeners, look at your look at your timer right now and see where we're at. I'm guessing we're probably close to an hour. Uh, eh, probably fifty minutes. No, oh, there you yeah. go. There so, you go. Not forty. Olivia's no, not 40. not forty. Not forty. That's okay. 
So join us April 1st for our fifth anniversary 300th episode. Extravag- is an extravaganza. I don't even know what you would call that, but I just like to, I appreciate our timing on, on, on nailing those two together. Damn right. It took, it took a little bit of math. We made it happen. Um, it's going to be great. And, um, we're looking forward to that. So join us then until that time. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Keep reading.